Hey, Josh Felber here from Making Bank. If you have ever thought about how do I get that killer mindset? Am I pushing myself? Am I excelling day in and day out? How do I get to that next level, whether it's business, personal life, whatever that is for you? You got to check out today's episode. And guys, I really appreciate you guys watching the show, uh, loving on Making Bank, and really just listening and tuning in and watching the show. And guys, leave some comments down below. The guests love to see what you guys have to say. Ask the questions. They love to come share answers. And like and share this episode. Share with somebody you know you care about, somebody you know that needs to see this episode. And just really appreciate your time and attention today and just being one of the amazing people watching Making Bank. So thanks again. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited and honored for today's guest. David Nurse, Ross Hamilton, Pace Morby, Matt Smith, Brad Barrett, Brian Will, Gary Brecka to Making Bank Today. How important for you or your athletes that you're working with is kind of that morning routine? Because you hear people like, oh, you know, morning routine, yeah, it's good, but morning routines not going to make you successful or it's not going to do this. So how important is that? And, you know, what are some key things that we should have in there if it is important? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it is important. I, uh, I think it is and it isn't. Once again, it's a double-edged sword. Like if your morning routine be, it becomes something that you have to do and the rest of your day is ruined if you don't, then you're losing the battle to that morning routine. It should just be like a supplement. It should be like a boost. That morning routine can help you, but it's not dependent upon. I like to keep it simple and I like to start it off without every kind of text message or email or notification <laughs> coming in. I spend the first 45 minutes without checking my phone unless I'm on the road and I know my wife and of course, people listening, if you have kids, it's going to be a little bit different, but you make your rhythm work for you. I get in an ice cold shower to start the day. So it's something that's difficult that I don't look forward to doing. I know that I've, I've developed this 17 seconds rule through working with players for a long time. I'd always bring a stopwatch. And when it seemed like the guy did not want to go through the workout, I'd hit start to see how long it took them, how long the mind could overcome the body for it to actually get through that and be, be okay with it. 17 seconds, what I call the mental dictatorship. So the first 17 seconds when I'm in that shower, I hate it. But after that, I could go for three, five minutes. So I started off with something difficult. Now I love coffee. I'm a coffee savant, a nut for any kind of great coffee. I love the process. So I just have my mornings where I'm playing worship and praise music and I'm making my coffee. And you know I spend 15 to 20 minutes just going through some devotional stuff and, and literally just sitting there for five minutes, just having a conversation with God. And, and I, I never really hear anything back, but sometimes there's some tugs on my heart to, to reach out to somebody or just shoot somebody a message. So I start my mornings off that way when I can. There's sometimes that I can't and it's okay if I can't, but I want to have just, just some staples that I do that I feel like, you know what, this is, I, I might as well live this life that I want to live that I feel right. like great life rhythm that that makes me understand that there's so much more to the business to the work to that aspect and yeah so I would tell people make it simple but also if you don't get to it don't beat yourself up for it 
how can we help people that are resistant or like not unsure, I guess? <laughs> I, what, how do you walk people through that? Here's the deal. Are you growing as fast as you want to grow? Is your business where you want it to be? That's the, that's, that's the qualifier right there. As I tell people all the time, you are who you are and you need to understand that. And who you are got you where you are. Yeah. And you need to understand that. But if you want to go someplace else, then you're going to have to change who you are. And you need to make a conscious decision, not an emotional one. And that conscious decision is, I recognize the fact that I can't get to the next level because it's not happening right now. And I need to bring somebody in who's going to do that. And this is where we have to use our intellect to overcome our emotion, right? Too many people, they let their emotion rule their interpersonal filter and just say, look, I recognize that I'm not growing as fast as I want. I recognize my business isn't where it needs to be. I'm going to bring somebody in and make a conscious mental decision that I'm going to listen to this person. And every time you doubt yourself, you got to go back and think about it. And the example I always use is when I wrote my book, right? I wrote this book right here. There it is. And we did the jacket design. And I, I did the jacket design myself. It was my third book. And I'm like, this is a good design. And my publicist said, that design sucks. And I said, no, no, no. But you don't understand. I'm very successful. I have built companies. I have sold, I've made a lot of money. She goes, your book sucks. And at some point after arguing with her, I thought to myself, what am I doing? I've done two books. She's done like a hundred. What am I doing? My ego is overcome. My emotion is overcoming my intellect. And I said, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You tell me what to do because this is, it's your ball and bat. It's your game. And then she came up with a cover and it's awesome. And the book has done really well. But even, even people who teach this still have to learn how to overcome it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's super important. How do you recognize when you're in that situation and then be able to make sure you take that step mm -hmm. back? Because a lot of times we get so caught up and you're yep. like, it, like you just said. <laughs> I already said it. Is your business growing as fast as you want it to grow? Is it where you want it to be? If the answer is yes, you're good. Okay. If the answer is no, then you say, okay, I admit it. I check my ego for one second, admit my business isn't where I need it to be. It's not growing as fast as I want it to grow, or it's not working at all. If you're, if that's your qualifier, then that's your qualifier. So first ask yourself that question, then make the decision to bring somebody in. Gotcha. No, I guess I, um, the rephrase then it would be when you're working with your coach. Oh. Then, you know, and, and like you, like for example, you with the book, how did yep. you realize that you were battling her against it because a lot of times we'll get so caught up in that like oh no i'm right kind of a thing yeah that's a tough one and that and i get back to the emotion and intellect thing and personal filter and processing information and and sometimes i would say maybe the qualifier here is if you are argumentative and listening to your coach then maybe you need to step back and figure out why yeah no that's true it's like a child arguing with you and you're like Honey, if you touch the stove, it's hot. I know, Daddy, but I'm going to touch the stove. It's hot, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you'll know, you'll find out quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back when, uh, as you were coming along and you had that entrepreneur upbringing by trading time for money, and what are you doing different now? Obviously, you're in real estate, but I mean, what are you doing different now from a work standpoint of? methodology, process, whatever that may be, time. How many things, man. First and foremost, don't partner with anybody remotely close to your own personality style. That was my, that was my dad's biggest downfall, watching him all the way while I was growing up. He would partner with his mirror, like the person that was exactly like him, mm. a friend, a golf buddy. And eventually his partner, his companies would get to a point where he's making good money, and the, but they would implode 
over and over and over and over. And so my dad was a serial entrepreneur. He had to go start new businesses all the time. And it wasn't until somebody, I hired a business coach when I was about 30. And he, my business coach essentially dissected where all my beliefs came from. And he found one of the beliefs of partnerships stemmed from watching my father partner with really similar people to my dad. They weren't bad people. But right. what happened is my dad partnered with them the businesses fell apart and then they became bad people in my household because my dad would come home and go, these good for nothing, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I do incredibly different than I used to in my 20s is I refuse to partner with people anywhere similar to me. And a really good book to focus on to, to solve that problem for people is Rocket Fuel by Gina Whitman. Really yep. great book, Rocket Fuel. And so I have nine businesses and I have nine operating partners that are not on camera. They're in the office and they keep me away from the office. I'm never in the office. I'm out generating new relationships, new business ideas, creating culture. I stop by the office to have lunch with the team every once in a while. But for the most part, it's handled by my polar opposite in personality. That's number one. Number two, man, I, I don't exchange time for money. That That's a really big deal. I, I, I basically, sure. like even yesterday I went to Disneyland, spent 12 grand on the VIP experience. And now I think about money as a tool rather than money as money. And there was a point in my life in the tw in my twenties when like, let's say I had 20 grand in the bank and my living expenses were $5,000 a month. I didn't look at that 20 grand as a tool to go make another 20 grand. I looked at that 20 grand as four months of living expenses, a completely different mm. mindset. And I can tell you the majority of people coming up in business, that's also how they look at their bank account. They look at it and they go, that's not a, a war chest of, of, you know, shields and swords and how to go conquer the world. That is, that's my living expenses. That's how I survive. And now I just, the, the big mindset di difference was if there's money in my bank account, where else could it be put to use to go out and get more money? And the 12 grand that it cost me to go to Disneyland yesterday for the VIP experience came from an Airbnb that produced that much money for me. And I'm sitting there going, man, I'm playing a game of Monopoly <laughs> rather than exchanging my time for money. And now I exchange my money for time. So how did you go from obviously that mindset of like, all right, I have, you know, the next four months of living expenses to boom, you know, this 20K is my war chest money. It's, it's going to generate me more income and stuff because a lot of people are stuck. And we talked about mindset a little on and earlier on in the show, but they're stuck in that position. What did it take or what did you do to switch that? It's never how, right? I always tell people it's never how I did anything. It's always who showed me it was possible mm. is way more important. So Right. Think about when people are, when like Kobe Bryant was coming up in basketball, better yet, think about like Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, a lot of these really famous golfers now, how did they become so prolifically good at golf? Well, guess what they did? They watched Tiger and they watched what he did and they said, I want to be like that. I want to beat that person. And so I found mentors. I found other operators that I instead of having like Michael Jordan dunking a basketball or shooting game six winning shot on my wall as a poster, I got photos of me hanging out with people I really look up to in real estate. And I go, how do I steal your game plan? How do I steal your fadeaway? How do I steal your hook shot? How do I steal your, you know, your crossover? How do I steal all of these moves from you just by watching you and emulating you and being around you? And so it wasn't even by choice. It's by essentially osmosis, right? And 
when you're around people doing cool things, you wake up one day going, man, I'm doing a lot of cool things somehow. Was ne I'm not a pioneer. I'm really good at emulating people that I adore and people that I look up to. And so it was always who, it was never how. Uh, yeah, I think that's really, I mean, it is huge because then people are like, oh, how did you do it? Thinking that, but it's, you know, who, how did, you know, where did you learn it? You know, who is that yeah, person? Yeah, like a really good example. I started doing real estate deals because somebody around me was doing real estate deals. And I'm talking to that person who's doing real estate deals. We're at lunch, hanging out, talking shop, not talking about the t a TV show we watched or some sporting thing that we watched or whatever else. Because I wasn't at the point where I, 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 I now, I could go, you know, I could go do whatever I want now and talk about whatever I want now. But if you're broke, you better not be talking about what TV show you watched last week, right? <laughs> right. TV's great, but it should be a reward, not, you know, a, a, a time suck. So- Yep. I'm sitting there having lunch with a guy named Steve Trang. A lot of people know him in the industry. And he's sitting there just rattling off this conversation about a title company that he owns. And I go, you own a title company? Like I'm opening, I'm opening escrow. I'm doing my transactions and paying a title company to do all my paperwork. But you own one? And he goes, yeah. Like that's the natural evolution. And just that one line. From somebody you adore or somebody you look up to, you go, oh, not only is it possible, but somebody I know is doing it and they're, you know, surprise, surprise, people are not that smart. We all think that these people are highly successful, actually really smart. They're not. They just take action. That's literally it. Some some of the dumbest people I know make $10 million a year, you know, take home. And right. But they're really good. They're actionaholics like me. So I, I go look at Steve and I go, is that what we're supposed to do? And he says, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. And you think we're just supposed to do real estate deals the rest of our life? No, there's a natural evolution. You go do real estate deals and then you add a title company and then you add a lending business. I go, a lending business? You're going to start a lending business? Oh yeah, I just start opening my LLC. I'm doing this, this, and I'm like, wow, we're supposed to be doing it. He goes, yeah, we're supposed to be. So it li that's literally the conversation that got me to go start a title company. Somebody around you has to kind of give you permission. I'm not that smart. I'm a herd right. animal. I do what the herd does. And so if I'm aware of that, then I just want to be around the fastest, most amazing herd that's going in the direction I want to go. And, you know, if you look at the Lion King, do you want to be the hyenas or do you want to be the lions? <laughs> you know, I don't want to hang out with the hyenas or joking all day long and living in a freaking cave. And so a lot of the people that I, I talk to on a daily basis in my DMs or when I'm traveling around, Pace, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. My first question to them is not what book you read, not what this you did, not what seminar you went to. It's who's your most successful friend and what do they do? And they go, oh, my most successful friend bags groceries at Smith's Grocery Store, Mike. Well, there's your problem. You think it has anything to do with strategy. It has everything to do with step one, get around and pay, even if you have to pay for it, pay a hundred bucks to be, be in the right room, pay $5,000 to be in a, a, the, the right room. As you upgrade and you make more money, you'll spend more money to get into the right rooms with people going the direction you want to go. It is always a who question, not a how. Yeah, that's uh, really important. I mean, one of the big things, obviously, then with that is knowing, like you said, paying or finding the right kind of people, because a lot of times we might not have the direct connections to those people. And that's like through masterminds or different different circles yeah, like if you, around if you. you. Walk to Wal if I go into Walmart right now and I go, I want to go network with people. 
well, Walmart's not a great filtering mechanism for me, right. is it? <laughs> that, like, those people are obviously there to get produce or meat or whatever else. What's the filtering mechanism to make sure that the people I'm about to talk to has already filtered those people out to know they're all trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do? A local real estate meetup would be a good filter. The problem with a local real estate meetup is they're free and they attract a free mindset. Mm. I don't want to be around a free mindset for long. That's a great first step, second step. Then I want to start going to seminars that cost $2.99 for a three-day thing. Then I want to start going to a place where people are spending $1,000. I'm at a point right now that I paid 50 grand to be in a room full of other people for two days in the Bahamas that are all making a minimum of $10 million a year. Filter, 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 filter your environment and get around the people that you want to be like or make the, the kind of money that they're making. You're not going to find people that are making a million dollars a year in a free real estate meetup. People making a right. million dollars a year don't have time for free stuff. They go, I will pay a thousand dollars a plate to go to a restaurant that gives me the experience and the, and, and the environment I want. Those are the same people that go, I'll pay 25 grand for a two day, you know, experience mastermind. So I can only be around other people that also have the resources and the mindset to spend $25,000. That was a big thing too, is I'm like, I'm, I don't want to pay for education. It's like, now I'm, I don't care about the education because the education is subpar compared to the people I get to connect with. So for me, going on a $25,000 excursion to the Bahamas is like, what I'm learning in that room is secondary to who I'm meeting, right? Sure. Other people that also stroked a check for $25,000 is a pretty strong filtering mechanism. And I walk away not as a, with a new relationship. More often than not, I walk away with a new business venture because I met somebody who has an absolute amazing something going on in their life that was willing to spend 25 grand to be in the same room as me. Yeah, that's huge. No, that's excellent. So obviously starting to franchise and grow this, you know, at that level, you know, who like do you turn to, or you just kind of figure it out on your own? Are you, you know, acquiring mentorship? Like what are you doing to be able to raise that bar um, and then understand it to obviously eliminate, you know, risk for yourself? Yeah, I think mentorship is absolutely cheat code and anybody that's too stubborn to think that they can't learn from somebody else doesn't belong an entrepreneur, you know, like I, I have, I have coaches I meet with weekly from franchising, I have coaches for my health, I have coaches for my personal, like it's just, I believe coaching and I just hired some coaches to level us up to on the franchising side of it as well. Uh, and the data side of it. So I, I, I definitely cannot do this with the team that I don't have, Eric and George and, uh, you know, the team that I have back home, Stephanie that set this thing up. Like we just are very blessed with a lot of people that will run through a wall for the success of our franchisees at this point. So yeah, I definitely can't do any of it by myself. And it's, it is continue learning. Like I wake up super early. We talk about ice bathing, you and I, uh, you know, I get up early, I get ice bathing, I start learning and whatever's going on in my life, you know, the, the kids nowadays, which you and I didn't have, there's a cheat code called Google that you can pretty much learn anything. Between <laughs> right. YouTube and Google, there's your answers. And I, we didn't have that, you know, we had to no. kind of learn. So there is, there's any problem you have, there's a way to kind of solve it, but making sure you're not doing what other people are doing. So take take the best out of that and then kind of keep leveling up. We were just talking just a second ago about 10X stages. I'm, you know, I'm working on that. So I'm working with, you know, uh, uh, Pete Vargas and those teams out there, but just finding the people of where you need to be. And that, it could take five years off your life. And, and I believe that's what, we're doing as a franchise if you're going to open a josh mattress store or a snooze mattress we're going to take 10 years off your life and learning curves plus the buying power and everything else for a fee that you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to save on your own anyway so i think that that's 
that's a lesson in life in my eyes is, you know, you've got it. You can't do this on your own and, and get, get the, get whoever will help you out there and be willing to help others too. It's part of this journey. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think that's super important and it's, you know, it's great that you're have that awareness now, you know, as you've been growing and everything to start to align yourself with that. One of the things you mentioned, obviously is take it, you know, ice bath in the morning, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, how important that is that as an entrepreneur, as a, you know, a father, a dad, you know, making sure that you're optimally, you know, healthy so you can operate at your best. I think it's probably the most important thing you can do. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the sleep business. I believe sleep is so underrated because people don't realize, I mean, you could work out all you want and you could train to be the Olympic athlete all you want, but if you're not getting the right sleep to retain that, it's not going to work. So I believe that routines is one of the biggest things and you, you know, the top 20 most successful people that ever lived in this world had a routine of some sort, some way. Mine is now ice bathing that we talked about, but that's been my last probably six months since Gary Brecka forced me into a tub at Richard Branson's Island. And, uh, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, and it was to me, it was more than the health side of it. It was the psyche side of me saying, I'm doing this and I'm getting my body in there and I'm sticking in there for X amount of time. And I like that kind of stuff. So I believe routines is probably one of the most important things I now I journal which I used to think that was a bunch of hippie stuff. And I'm like, I don't journal and I don't want to meditate and I don't do that. Now I do all of it. Like I journal and I meditate and I like do the Wim Hof breathing in the mornings because I really understand how to get, you know, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're faced with challenges every single day and it's how you get through those and, and not quit. And, and you got to get your mind right. Cause if your mind goes down, you know, and you got people, you're lonely. This is a lonely world. As you know, when you're at the top, it can be lonely. You've got to be the guy that's inspiring and pushing that, but you've got to be right in yourself and make sure it doesn't affect your family. That's the, like, if I have a message out there for any fathers, it's like, yeah, business is going to be tough, but the family is the most important thing that you can do is protect that through all costs. Let the business fail if it has to protect that, that, that wife and kids or that husband and kids or whatever that is. But family is, that's, I think getting a routine is why I have that routine is because I can get up two or three hours earlier than anybody in my family and get stuff done before they even notice it. Even when we're on vacation last week, it's like I could get work done before anybody wakes up and they don't notice it. And then I could have my family time and balance that that out all the time, you know, because it is so important. And I think it's so forgotten, the most important things in life. Nobody will ever regret making a, uh, you know, a, a bunch of money. Somebody's gonna regret that, but not, not spending time with your family or watching your kids grow. That's a big deal. So make a routine happen somehow, some way. What different kind of like, I guess, hacks or ideas or things that you do to make sure you're in that right? Sleep mode. Um, so, so there's three things about sleep that people don't really think about. The majority of the reason why most people are not sleeping is not because they are not tired, it is because their mind is awake. Mm. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that actually lays down tired to go to sleep at night, and as your environment quiets, your mind wakes up, right? And if you actually key in on the things that you're thinking about, you will notice that they are the most innocuous little thoughts. You have a tendency to replay your day. Did I get everything on my grocery list? Um, did I return that email? Did I belt match my shoes today? It's nothing that couldn't wait until the next right. day. Right. So why does that happen? It happens because the same process that governs a fight or flight response in human beings governs the waking and the wakingness in our minds. It's called catecholamines. Mm. So when you to go to sleep at night, Catecholamines start to creep into the brain. This is a category of neurotransmitters that create a sense of wakefulness. It also is a mild fight or flight response. And if you can't downregulate those catecholamines, which is the reason why you are taking L-methionine, if you don't have the right amino acid balance, then what will happen is your environment will quiet and your mind will wake up. Hmm. 
and you try to sedate yourself to go to sleep. Zolapetum, nitrate, diazepam, Lunesta, Ambien, something like that. But the truth is you don't need to sedate yourself. You need to quiet the mind. So great supplements are things like SAME, S-A-M-E, acetylcholestyronine, mm-hmm. uh, magnesium, theanine, and melatonin. In that combination, mag- melatonin uh, um, by itself rarely works. It needs magnesium and theanine. Mm. Um, specifically magnesium three and eight. I have a sleep formula that um, I give people at night that's all metabolites, just magnesium, theanine, and melatonin. Thorn has a great one. Pure Encapsulations has a great one. If you're looking for a natural way to quiet your mind and induce sleep. The second thing is bright lights at night. So if you are one of those people that uses your phone in bed, then make sure that you actually turn on the red light screen in the settings and bring the, um, bring the light all the way down. Blue light stimulates cortisol. Cortisol is a waking hormone, so you actually don't want to stimulate waking hormones um, as you're as you're trying to go into sleep. Caffeine after two o'clock in the afternoon. We know that caffeine now has a half life of almost ten hours, so your late afternoon cup of coffee can actually interrupt your sleep. And then the other thing that you can do naturally to restore healthy sleep, and this is tough for a lot of people, is start to wake with the sun. Your first light in the morning. That first 45 minutes of sunlight is absolute magic. There are no UVA, there are no UVB rays, no damaging rays from the sun, just healthy blue rays, the blue, the rays that actually create vitamin D3. It'll improve your mood and your emotional state. And actually sunlight in the morning will do more to restore deep sleep that night than just about anything else you do during the day. Wow. I didn't realize that that's that what I read that say 6 a.m. that first light. Oh, yeah, because it will downregulate the uh, melatonin. It will upregulate cortisol, the waking hormone. Hmm, that's awesome. One of the things you kind of mentioned was kind of a discipline, whether you're working with a financial advisor, whether you're doing it yourself. What's kind of like that framework look like, you know, from a discipline side of things that we should be looking at or, or kind of adhere to? Well, I think number one, it's like anything you would do, whether it's you're looking to go on a diet or a workout plan. I mean, having someone there to help you, I think, starts your discipline, right? It's like, it's like it's the factor between motivation and discipline. Like I call it the coffee buzz. Everyone can be motivated before 9 a.m. because you've had a couple cup of coffee, you feel good, right? I'm talking about the same conversation at 3 p.m., right? No espresso, no mid-afternoon espresso. Catch my drift? So it's kind of like, oh, yeah. it's, it, it's like this discipline over motivation. And so you want to put some tools in place to help you, right? Um, whether it's a calendar. I mean, there's a lot of, you can go down a lot of rabbit holes on this, right? I speak to the path of advisor and this is my show or anything I go and talk about is never around Brad Barrett or one capital management as being the place, but it's important to in a way debunk some of the fallacy that is like you can do yourself and you absolutely can, but there is a big empowerment and a pride factor in doing it with a co-pilot. Because to me, I look at that as doing it with, with integrity and intelligence, right? right? If you just go into it saying, I just don't want to pay somebody, which I understand, I get that, but it's like, you got to look at value and, and are you really the best person to be doing that? So when you talk about discipline or the emotional side of it, I think there's a lot of tools and practices you can put in place, um, whether it's setting pro formas for yourself, goal markers you want to hit, being realistic with those things, and then backing it out from 90 days into like today. So by 9 okay. a.m. this, 11 a.m. this, right? And understanding your weaknesses to say, okay, again, back to my comment a couple of minutes ago, it's like, if I have some key areas that I know I'm not great at, it's like you want to partner to your weaknesses. You know, hold on to your strengths and be 
open with the person you're going to be working with on any kind of, whether it's a business, you're investing, whatever it might be. You know, I, I don't know of many examples of an entrepreneur who's created something very successful on their own, solely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, at some point, you're going to need somebody to help you along your journey. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's starting a business or, you know, as you grow your business or as you, you know, um, need to expand and scale. So, yeah, I mean, at some point, it's the, the whole the whole team approach. I mean, y you are better together if you find the right players and the right components. You know, and we've been lucky here at our firm. There's, you know, a few of us partners. We, the, the main four partners have been together for 22 years. I mean, that's somewhat of an anomaly. I mean, we've gone through a lot of growth stages. We lived through 2008 as an investment manager. You know, we've gone through 13, you know, 15, 18, 2020, 2001 when we first got together. I mean, our, our articles of incorporation, Josh, was actually supposed to be September 11th, 2001. Oh, wow. Back the signing of our articles of incorporation simply because of obvious reasons, right? Sure. So, you know, we've, we've seen a lot in our little over 20 year experience. And I think we take great pride. And I think we take, you know, um, I know there's some luck involved, but I mean, look, luck comes from work. I'm, I will, I will go to my grave saying that. I, I yep. believe that. I think the people out there that are saying, oh, there's, good fortune and good luck. I think if you looked at any one of us partners, there's, there's a lot of background in a lot of areas that you can see, like those guys weren't supposed to succeed kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. but, oh yeah. Um, luck comes from hard work and the fact that we're all still together, still ticking. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that speaks to just the partnership, you know, having different characters involved, right? It's, uh, it's important. Someone who's good at numbers, someone who's good at relationships, someone who's good at, you know, um, overseeing people. I mean, you want those different strategies in your business to, again, partner to your weaknesses. What's something you're like, oh man, I really wanted to talk about this today, but we didn't get to bring it up yet that you want to kind of tie in, tie into what we're talking about. Um, you know, Josh, I just think that, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll jump on these calls and they're looking for, for tactical things and they're looking like really far away to solve a problem when usually they just need to look in a mirror and just kind of examine their habits, where they're spending their time, your morning and evening routines, like getting your morning right and your evening right, the start and end of your day, you know, two 10-minute blocks. That stuff adds up to, to get you anywhere you want to be. You know, I have my morning habits, my evening habits, and I do not deviate from those. And if I ever find myself off of that schedule, I know there's something wrong. I need to do a hard reset to kind of get back on track. I mean, you have people that depend on you. You have a family, you have a future, like you can't afford to make those small mistakes. So that's why like, the morning routines are important and, and stuff like that. And I got a great, you know, Josh, I can give away my, my book, The Real Estate Investing in Your 20s. Sure. And my whole yeah, morning routine, if, you're, if your group's interested, um, you can kind of, if you want to be successful, you should do what successful people do. And that's, that's why right. I rode with Dave Mira when I was young. And yeah, that's why sure. I had a billionaire uh, mentor when I got into real estate. Whole nother podcast there. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to imitate them and do what they did. And they had really good habits. They were positive. They looked at problems as constructive and, and with, a, with curiosity. And I tried to adapt as many of those habits as I could into, into my life, into my C student life uh, to be living a, you know, ridiculous lifestyle now. 
No, that that's fantastic. What what what's like one or two of the big habits that you kind of took away from all that that impacted you and you know that brought you that you know success? The way that you talk to your asking questions, the way that you talk to yourself, right? That there's a huge shift yep. in saying, you know, what's my problem to why am I so successful? Right? You can get sure. you can you can answer the same challenge by phrasing in a different way. And what that does, Josh, it's kind of like when you buy a new car, you start seeing that car everywhere, right? right? You never saw it before. When you're asking yourself these key questions, which I have in my morning routine doc, you're just, you're empowering yourself in these ways that are just absolutely crazy. There's, there's so much psychology in that. And, you know, when I get on these podcasts, Josh, you ask me like, hey, how'd you become so successful? Like that, me answering that question breeds more success, mm, you know? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you learn from your biggest mistake and how has that helped you is a great question. You know, why'd you screw up is not a good, <laughs> is not a good question, <laughs> right? So the, the way that um, you talk to yourself is, is everything. And that's where that inner coach I talked about in the beginning comes from. Yep. And having a strong inner coach is, uh, is, is definitely going to get you through those, those tough times. Super. No, that's awesome. And where can people grab a copy of the book? Yeah, uh, you can. It's on Amazon and stuff. But um, since I got out of business, I don't really have a website. I'm not really on social. But if you just email me, and if you can put my email address across the bottom, Ross yeah. at successcap.com. Ross at successcap.com. Awesome. Um, I'll just give you guys all the real estate courses I used to sell, my morning habits, my book, and maybe just a few other just mindset things there just to kind of help out. And then there's some, in, there's, uh, I'll put some information on the charity there. If anyone has a passion cool. for affordable housing, that's my direct email address. You can help in all sorts of different ways. It's not just about the money. So anyway, yeah, I'll send you guys back an email with, with all the fun stuff. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. Awesome having you on the show, sharing your insights and uh, uh, just uh, your time today. Thanks again, Ross. You bet. Thanks for having me. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.